We are back out in the snow. Maybe you can hear my feet tromping through said snow. Which is melting. Today the sun came out. Today, following several days of new snow falling from the sky, gray skies. Very wet snow for here. We are in Deschutes National Forest here on the Burning Tarot podcast. This is in Central Oregon, West Coast, USA. Yeah, so here we often get very, very fine, dry snow in this part of the forest. But we've had these big, wet, yummy flakes coming down and piling up. And yesterday I got to watch people skiing in it while I was doing some newspaper coverage of a lovely local event up at our little steep and deep and cheap ski area near here. So that was fun. My allergies really seem to be going to town, so I'm guessing there's some snow mold uh, showing up as this snow melts. And the larger sheets of snow will sort of curl backward, leaving these little cobwebby things, typically on the pine needles or maybe on branches. And uh, if you get up close to them, you realize, oh, those are a thing. (laughs) They are actually a kind of mold. And I have some mold illness history. So when the sun first hits those cobwebby things as the snow recedes, and it's much worse in places with, um, like, manicured lawns, you know, like in town or at a golf course. I think the molds like eating the chemicals that they put on the lawns. But even out here in the forest, you know, right when the sun first hits that mold, it grows, it's been growing under the snow. It grows in the same pattern as the melting snow's underside. And it seems to bloom at that point and release its spores and assorted crazy stuff that molds give off into the air. And that's an allergen for me. But hallelujah, a few years ago, that stuff used to knock me out, literally. And now I can walk out here and, you know, keep an eye on it and not worry about it too much. But I might be going, (laughs) making funny noises here on the Burning Tarot podcast. If you are interested in this weird snow mold phenomenon, I've written articles about it and um, interviewed uh, the world's foremost expert that I could find on the subject, a Japanese scientist. Interesting stuff, in my humble opinion. But you're like, whatever, mold, snow, let's move on. Come on, T from Burning Tarot, let's have a card. Isn't that what we're here for? Okay. We'll do a card. (sighs) Boy, I'm out of shape. My foot was hurt. I wasn't exercising much. So, you'll have to pardon my huffs and puffs as we walk through the forest. Oh, and listen to the birds. As you're listening to those birds, I encourage you to take some deep breaths. Let's take deep breaths into our bellies. So that's bringing the breath in low. 
If you place your hand on your belly, you might feel it rise and fall with your breath. You can breathe into that hand, like just below your belly button. And those little tweeting birds of spring, they are breathing too. And when we do this kind of breathing, it can be nice to take a really slow exhale and very intentionally squeeze all the air out of our lungs, which lets us draw a nice big inhale afterwards. It's like a clearing out breath. Maybe we can feel it in our rib cage, in our neck, in our butt, in our belly. We're filling up our whole torso and then. <sighs> oh, it feels good. And you can also do on the exhale, you can make big noises. Maybe we'll do that some other time. Here we are in the gorgeous melting forest with the little teeny early springtime birds making their funny little sounds. And we're using a new deck today. I will, I think next podcast we'll go into this deck a little more, but I will post a link for it. Thank you to the artist who sent me the deck. I do not have his name with me right now. I just have the single card with me. So I'll include that in the show notes and on my website. Uh, For those of you who listen through your podcast applications, your apps, um, there's always more to find uh, on my email newsletter and on my website. The website is tiffanyleebrown.com and you'll see a link to Burning Tarot. There's another link that says shop, and that's where you can buy yourself a reading. Or you can buy a shout out on the podcast as well. That kind of thing. Astrology readings are available there too. Ah, and then there's an email sign up at the top of that Burning Tarot page or on the contact page. And so that's where you're going to hear a little bit more, like in written form about what's going on and keep apprised of which readings are coming up. And if there are any special discount codes, I'll typically put them there. And you can listen to the podcast directly through that website. You don't have to use your podcast app. Totally up to you. Anyway, that's where I will put a little more info about this new deck that the artist kindly sent to me uh, to check out. Those of you involved with tarot or tarot, if you prefer, well, no doubt be aware that there's like 70 zillion YouTube channels and stuff where people just unwrap all the millions of new tarot decks that are being made every day, which is hilarious for those of us who learned back in an earlier age when there just weren't that many decks. Um, so I'm not going to do that whole routine, but I will just try to acquaint you with this very pretty uh, Asian art-influenced deck that has come my way and, and say thank you for bringing us some new art to work with. 
my impression so far is that this is made by an artist, not by a tarot person. That doesn't have to be a bad thing. But often when an artist takes on the tarot, um, they'll give us a new, you know, kind of a new little bit of interpretation um, because they're more focused on kind of on the, the expression, how they like to express themselves as artists compared to mystics who decide that there needs to be a new deck and they make it themselves or they make part of it and then they commission someone else who's a real artist to make it come alive, to do the illustration um, or collage or photography. So uh, this is a beautiful card. We've got the star today. The star is uh, such an interesting and wonderful card. We see here a woman with her, uh, she's facing away from us, which is an interesting approach to this card. I can't tell what she's standing on. It's a little confusing to me. There is a beautiful, fantastical sky, maybe a dusk or dawn sky, twinkling with sort of video game stars behind and then there's a giant big star, which looks like it has um, a flying animal and a person and, and other elements kind of woven in uh, to the painting of this giant star. So we are definitely being taken away from familiar uh, renditions of this imagery for those of us who use a lot of decks that are primarily influenced by the Smith Rider Waite RWS deck. This is definitely taking its own different approach. There's a sensation of waking up to this card. A sensation to taking power. She is standing there. Uh, she doesn't look inert. She looks like she's just turned around while she's on some exciting journey. And boom, there's this giant star to guide her. And whether it's dawn or dusk, and I feel like it's dawn, there is a great change coming. The quality of light of our world and our sky is changing. She's, um, she's pausing to take note of messages coming from above. From above, from the sky, from the stars, right? Each star is a sun. So that's associated with a masculine power energy. But the star card is almost always illustrated by a woman. And her sort of bodily connection, providing connection from the stars above and the glorious messages that they bring to us and connecting that down to the real earth and she does it through water in typical card imagery, tarot imagery. She'll be pouring water. You'll see that motif echoed in like the temperance card. Um, or she'll have one foot in the water pouring something into a pool. So there's this, there's this idea of the part of us that is a vessel. The part of us that wants to be filled, that wants to flow through and that wants to be led. 
uh, this star, you know, one, here, let's walk a little, make some crunchy noises in the snow. So if you think about the star in Christian imagery, there's um, star of wonder, star of light, right? Um, that the idea of the wise men see this giant star in the east and they begin to follow it. And it takes them to Bethlehem where they find the baby Jesus. So it's a really literal image, right? Like there's a star, we're going to go follow that thing. And people have done some astronomy and astrology on the timing of that. And some say, well, this planet would have been close to Earth around then. Or others are like, no, there was this comet. So there can be just really physical, literal reality to the idea of a guiding star. And the North Star is a familiar image, too, in our culture. So that's being able to find the North Star means that you can navigate the seas. You know, back before you could just ask your GPS, you might not know how to get from the Indian Ocean to what is now Washington State. You know, how it takes some doing, and you'd better be able to find the North Star. You'd better be able to read navigational charts. You'd have to pay attention to your world and the stars in the heavens to, to do something that adventurous. Nowadays, we kind of offload all that work onto machines and uh, stuff like that, right? It's like, well, I'm just driving my car and my GPS tells me to go over here, so I'll do that. And we kind of lose something in that process. We lose the ability to either have a, a true guide, like a human in our lives who does that guiding work you know, somebody who does know how to find that star, who's really good at reading those maps, that navigator person. Sometimes we lose something by not doing it ourselves, not having a human companion to do it with, and just kind of throwing everything to the machines. So when we pull the star, it's a nice reminder that all of us, regardless of our you know, apparent biological sex at birth, regardless of our current gender identity and all that good stuff. We all have a feminine component to us. And that's yin, like yin yan, or it's female or feminine. And it doesn't mean that all women are super duper, you know, passive vessels. Lord knows I ain't. But it's a part of us. It's a part of me. And it's a part of pretty much everybody. So when we tap into that, we discover that we can act as a conduit. A conduit between earth energy, water energy, and that sky energy. And that that feeling of being guided. Being open to the sparkling lights of the universe. Allowing them to tell us where to go next, what to do. This can be read as a card of enlightenment. It's your moment. This week is your moment. Is a good time for us to look for the stars. If you've got the weather for it, I'd encourage you to step outside and literally look at the stars. See what's out there in the actual sky. If you are practicing some astrology, great time 
to take your lead from your astrologer, your astrology teacher, from me, if you want to buy a reading from me, I'm available, uh, your astrology podcast or whatever, or just yourself sitting there looking at your chart um, and perhaps comparing that with what you see outdoors. Star energy, uh, it doesn't suggest that like this is our time to be a rock star. You know, sometimes people want to go with an interpretation that says, hey, shine your light, you go. And I generally don't find that the card supports that. Usually it's more of an indication that we're going to perhaps very quietly be open to channeling that star energy. It doesn't have to be ours. It isn't ours. The big mistake is when we go, oh yeah, that's me. I'm such a rock star. I wrote this great song. You might write a great song this week, but it's because you're the vessel. You are the open pipe to receiving energy from the universe. And so kind of maybe the universe will be writing that song through you. Later on, if you try to become a rock star with that song, okay, totally different conversation. (laughs) This week, it's about finding these wonderful moments of illumination. You may not have to look for them, really. They may just come to you um, with a busy and media-saturated culture, though it can help to build in some quiet time or put yourself in places where you're likely to be open to that kind of energy. Because if you're just kind of like I have, I have this horrible NewYorkTimes.com habit <laughs> lately. Like I have to put up a block app on my computer to just turn off the New York Times for a week. You know, just keep me out of there. So that would be an example of something that if I'm just sitting there doing that for two hours, that's two hours where I couldn't go outside and look at the real stars and open myself to nature. Or that would be two hours where I couldn't be open to connection to another person that might lead to just some kind of uh, that connected feeling when the energy is really flowing back and forth between us. Um, Yeah, so most of us are busy and then we have some, you know, distractible, distracting uh, media habits alongside that. And, you know, if, you know, maybe church is a thing for you or going to a drum circle, uh, find those places where, where you're more likely to see the star. It doesn't have to be a solo effort. But for a lot of us, it often is. It's just little old me and this little old tree and this little old forest and I look up at that beautiful star and that's where the kind of transmission occurs for those who are um, subject to transmissions downloads mediumship this can be a very good time for that excellent time for that Uh, if you're feeling like you can't handle more of that this is Pisces season and so uh, and there's been this very heavy Virgo Pisces lunation stuff going on so for some of us that um, (laughs) that gift that curse whatever you want to call it is already highly activated right now and you may not want to have um, you know spirit messages or angelic script or you know (laughs) whatever stuff comes to you so if that's you I know some of you are like that. Some of our listeners 
um, have that going on. I often do. Mine kind of comes and goes with my bipolar disorder. Uh, so be, you know, be smart about it. Be protective about yourself. If you need to protect your space and make sure that, oh, make sure that the conduit is only open to spirits that you really want to deal with. For a few of you, this may be a, a very intense time and you don't want to deal with any of that at all. Well, I just want to say, I'm, you know, I hear you. I know it can be really hard to have this permeability to our being. And for most people, grounding is the easiest way to make sure that you're balanced. So maybe spirits, messages, what have you, are kind of soaring through your mind and your body. Uh, and that can be okay. It can be fine if you can handle it. And the grounding and earthing types of exercises, those typically help us stay in our bodies long enough to, to, uh, to undertake that. I have one friend who, she's an artist. I don't, I don't know if she listens to Burning Tarot. Well, MH, if you're out there, <laughs> I'm thinking about you today. Um, and she just, she's a really good astral traveler. She just leaves her freaking body all the time. For her, it's not traumatic. She's been doing it very expertly since she was a child. She does not have a problem with whatever other spiritual and spirit entities seem to come her way when she's out and about or when she comes back to the body. So for her, this might just be like, oh, cool, it's the star, yay! For somebody like me, I'm going to need to be like, oh, there's a lot of information coming in and some weird energies and... So I got to ground. I got to earth. Not to turn it off, which I'm not that great at anyway, but to balance it out. So if these entities are coming to me, I'm coming from a place of grounded, normal, everyday earth reality strength, having a body, all that good stuff. And if I need to send an energy or a spirit away, that gives me a firm foundation from which to do it. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what works for me and that's what works for a lot of my clients. Um, is to, you know, put up some guardrails where you need them and then just keep your earth energy flowing so that when all these other crazy things are going on, you don't have to feel too threatened by them. The star. The star is largely wonderful. There is some history of it being interpreted as a negative card, which is fascinating. Even in times and in decks where this uh, star tarot card, which is from the major arcana, so it's one of the biggies, you know, uh, even ones where there were illustrations that were clearly, you know, beautiful female creatures doing something great with energy... Uh, some of our mystical authors and such over the years have associated this card with negative happenings. Uh, I find it really interesting. I have not found that to be true in my practice as a tarot reader, which has been going on for about 30 years. But it's just an interesting little note to, to have. So if you find that you're weak the next week or 10 days that this card will cover... 
if you feel like you get um, kind of bowled over by some negative news, um, I would love to hear about that. But also if you have more of this shining feeling of radiance, radiance coming down from the sky and you feel able to accept it. I would love to hear about either of those. Keep it to, you know, like one paragraph so that I don't get overwhelmed. You can send your um, reports, <laughs> your assignments, your homework um, to burningtarot at gmail.com, which is my email address. And sometimes I get asked like, well, whoever's reading this, you know, your assistant. It's like, it, there is no assistant. It's just me. This is all very personal and intimate. Me, you, a handful of other listeners, we're just on this funky little journey together. And we're taking the ride. So I am very curious as to how these cards resonate. Like I said, we will delve a little more into this new tarot deck in the upcoming weeks. And I will next time make sure I have the information about the name of the artist and everything. Uh, it's very exciting to arrive at a new deck that you just weren't even expecting to have. And that's another feeling we might have this week. That feeling of, oh, what's this in the mail? It's this tarot deck I wasn't expecting. You know, just something illuminating, something fun. And then having to carve enough space into the busyness of everyday life to engage with whatever that positive thing is. The, the world in the Northern Hemisphere right now, where we have a lot of our listeners, a lot of our listeners are, according to Google Analytics, etc., are in um, North America, UK, uh, some in India, different places around the world, but we've got a heavy uh, Northern Hemisphere focus. So here we have spring breaking through. We have equinox coming very soon, and I'll try to post something before the equinox to give us something to work with for equinox itself you know maybe an exercise or ritual or spell that we can do for that occasion so that it's really exciting that means we're halfway to actual summer you know almost there and in many parts of the u.s or the uk right now we'll still be feeling like it's winter but it's, it's just inescapable. You can't not notice that the sun is getting higher in the sky every week. And it's taking longer and longer to set at the end of the day. So this is a time of turning and changing. You know what? It's always, <laughs> it's always a time of turning and changing. And um, people who have regular day jobs and such are kind of stuck with this, this fake version of time. You know, but our astrology practices, spending time in nature, and pulling a tarot card, like these are all ways to help us remember, like, wow, every day isn't the same, even if my boss expects me to show up at the same time, or I have to pick my kid up at the bus stop at 530 in the morning, you know, it's the, the real world is going through a magical transformation and even though we're kind of sideswiped, sideswept, sidelined, sidetracked, I don't know, sidewinder, side something uh, by our modern, you know, contemporary electronic version of reality, uh, where we have 
electric lights that keep us up at night and clocks that tell us what to do. Beyond all that, it's a time of transformation. And throughout the whole year, our world is always transforming. The sun is always changing its trajectory. The earth is always tilting on its axis. It's very exciting. So when we get out there and allow these rays from this star, this sparkling magic stardust to land upon us, and we use our own bodies to connect that magic to the earth, we're the conduit. We get to do both. We get to be part of the deep well that we're drawing from the center of the earth, the rich waters that we drink. And we get to be stardust, right? It wasn't it like, I don't know, Carl Sagan talking about how we're all made of stardust. We really are. It's like literal, even the scientific, you know, way. So this is a very fine, exciting card for us to draw. And let's, um, let's all just take that moment, maybe every day this week, to take those deep belly breaths and look up at our skies and feel the stardust tingle on our hands. You could take a moment to write about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Make some music or art about that. Fold the feeling of the stardust into the biscuits that we're baking. I think it's going to be really marvelous. Maybe we should all listen to Ziggy Stardust also, right? Doesn't that make sense? David Bowie. Also the Bauhaus cover. Why not? Um, yeah. So, everybody, wonderful Burning Tarot superstars. Thank you for joining me for another little woods walk. And, uh, here's the blue sky and the puffy white clouds. The wind is kicking up a little bit. And it's, it's really gorgeous watching spring trying to come through here under the layers of snow. Much love to y'all. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot.